before we start the pod, I want to give a very, 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 very special shout out to a big charity event I'm a part of, uh, Rockin' Roses. My, one of my good friends, Kyle Parker, his sister has cystic fibrosis. Um, if you don't know what it is, autoimmune disease. Long story short, we started this chair. They started it years ago, but we brought it back up two years ago. I've been a part of it for the last two years. Anyone listening, if you're in the Tampa area or if you're in the Dallas area, you can still donate. Rockin' Roses uh, across all social media platforms. You can donate. You can buy tickets to the event. If you have a business, you can be a business sponsor and come to the event. It's a great time. Great cause. Food and drink. Um, there's silent auction items. There's live auction items. We've done an auction for a puppy. Yeah. First year, like just under 100 grand. Second year, just under 100 grand. Like this, we, and each year, we wish we to grow it. And uh, just start before we really get into the pod. I really want to just, you know. Where can we find out more info? Um, Rock and Roses. I believe it's rockandroses.com or rockandroses.cf. Um, I know all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all rockandroses, R-O-C-K, apostrophe N, roses. Yeah. Do, some, do something for somebody else. It feels good. Everybody, microphone check, they good to go. <laughs> Bro, so what is it? Friday evening, was it October 4th? I don't know. Something like that. About 10 p.m. in Dallas. Podcast. Especially 10 p.m. in Dallas, man. But like when you're not around. going out, this is what I prefer to do. Yeah, same. Matter of fact, cheers. Cheers. Little, cheers little to episode know. five. <sighs> five episodes. My guy. Mama, we made it. So I'm here with one of my dearest friends. His name is Kid. Mama, we made it. I'm here with uh, Mr. Crash. Okay, young Austin. Austino. Austin. How's life, bro? Man, life is weird, bro. You at that 20-something? Life, I'm at a weird point in my life. Really? Yo, so, okay. Okay, so I text Austin. Was that Sunday? That had to be Sunday, I think. I said oh, I was a little drunk. You were very honest, and I was like, that only comes with alcohol. <laughs> I was a little, I had, I had maybe two or three bourbons. Two, uh, three bourbons. <laughs> or seven. Who, I was watching coming? some football. I was like, Yo, Austin, let's get real deep on the pod this week. I got some shit to get off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Not what I said, but I want to talk about, like, you know, just social anxieties that us 20-somethings go through. Mm-hmm. Social anxieties, depressions, mood swings, whatever you want to call it, that us 20-somethings go through. I think it's weird. I got, a, go I got a real question. How... how long in history do you think there's been a quarter-life crisis or is that something that we just go through now uh, like a, like you turn 25 you just more some people finish college people really do have quarter like legitimate quarter-life i'm thinking i'm having i'm, I'm having my quarter-life crisis i think that's what big it is time and i think quarter-life crisis lasts for a good big time until you're like 30 yeah like 25 i'll say 23 to 30 years it's all your 20s are, yeah like, 20 something your 20s after college when like you realize like the world is a real place and like <laughs> and like I mean, it's, people, all, it's obviously always in a real place but like uh, everyone has this moment in their life like oh shit like I'm, wait like, I figure out how i'm gonna like sustain wait, myself my parents low-key for paid rest, for a lot of shit for the rest of my life <laughs> one thing one one thing i realized the minute i turned like 23 I realized when I graduated, 
my parents paid for a lot of different oh, shit. Yeah. There's a lot of different expenses involved. I didn't know anything about insurance. I didn't know anything about how many expenses go into a car, how many Yo, expenses go into your house. This? Think about the amount of basketball, the m- amount of money your parents dumped in basketball four years ago. Oh, my oh, God. Man. But there's... But in the, in my own defense, I finessed them out of a lot of money with basketball because I did I did play on sponsored teams, so that was a lot of the. See, you were better than me, like as a, as a teenager. I wasn't like a I, I like a phenomenal like teenage basketball player. Like I was I was good, but I wasn't great. So I wasn't like teams were like, yeah. okay, team parents, we need X amount of this for this trip. You know what I mean? <laughs> Low key, bro. I don't even want to let myself get that gassed because I was still just a stick figure kid that can really jump. <laughs> I couldn't do nothing That's else. That's what I'm saying. So that, <laughs> they, whew, them checks. Bro, Shout out jumping. to Edgar and Robin writing them checks, boy. Yo, that's a big part of it. I don't it, even so. know what they were spending, but I know it was a lot. And they invested Thank a lot you. into this basketball career. Thank you. It evidently turned out to a college scholarship, so I mean, that works. Now, nah, but it really hit me that like life was real when I moved here. Because working in like hospitality, like the money comes, comes and goes so fast. Mm-hmm. Like I, You have no real perception of... Like, you have a perception of what money is, obviously, but, like... The schedule of money, the... My life was so wild. <laughs> it really, it really didn't life, have a schedule. My life was so, like, fake. It was, like, I, I had no... I had responsibilities, obviously. I had all my bills and stuff, but, like, it, life was just, like, very just nonchalant. You never really were had, like, a schedule, like, payment schedules or yeah, anything like that? I, just, like, I think that's a big if, difference. If I needed money, I was like, oh, I work tomorrow, like... Yeah, I make this what you know what I mean. Yeah, or like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I'll pick up a shift. Like that's not how like ninety nine percent of people live mm-hmm. their life. One thing I want to kind of backtrack a little bit and give more context on the situation is, um, so could you dive into more about how you left Tampa and the reasons why and like have how you talk about this on the podcast? I don't know if you have in depth though. Like the reasons for leaving one, two. Like the transition from Tampa to Dallas. Three. I've never talked about this. Being huh? not necessarily. I feel like I'm being interviewed right now. Is, am yeah. I the interviewee right now? Or? Bro, you know my. You know one of my dream jobs when I was younger is to be a psychologist or a therapist. Oh. Yeah, so, you're like a fake therapist. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So dive in. Boom. First off, discuss what happened. You moved from Dallas. Nothing whatever. happened. No, no, I'm saying no. What I'm, happened is no, like no, the saying. situation. You moved from Tampa to Dallas. Okay. Like, that's that section. I meant so a lot of our listeners probably know this, especially my Tampa people. I was working at Green Lemon, which I love to death. Shout out to Green Lemon. I missed the Gigante Taco. And I was just like, yo, I love this place, but I don't want to work here for the rest of my life. Why? I don't want to go because just, I just I just didn't want to work there for the rest of my life. I just didn't want to go into hospitality management. I just thought not not shitting on anyone who works in hospitality or anyone who's like a, but I didn't want to go into management in hospital. That was a, the next step. You know what I mean? Like dude, like it's not there's a ceiling, mm-hmm. and the next step above that ceiling is like management, which is great. Like my one of my best friends, shout out Chapman, is a phenomenal manager. He's really fucking good at his job. Like he kills it. But that was the next step, and that's not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, A, either I can do this, or B, I had this job here in Dallas, pretty much just fall on my lap. Like I didn't even really I applied, and they didn't even. I probably shouldn't say this, but whatever. I didn't have an interview. Like they just like, here's the job. Like if you want it. <laughs> like, it was that it was that something yeah like i didn't interview like they're just kind of here so i was like you know what freak it i'm trying to curse less freak it freak it. i like that also uh i was like worst case scenario tampa isn't going anywhere 
if this is the worst thing ever and I want to jump off a bridge, I can move back to Tampa. You know jump what I mean? off the Skyway Bridge? Yeah, like I get. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not a good therapist. I'm not a good therapist, man. I'm not. I'm not a good therapist. But so obviously the the realization of, well, you were able to see the ceiling. That's what's something that kind of well, yeah. motivated you to move. Because I feel like that big of a change, moving to a city you've never been to, you don't know many people. Yeah. That's a big jump. So something had to motivate that. What was that motivating factor? Just seeing that ceiling? That and just kind of wanting to just take a chance on something. Mm-hmm. Like you get that innate feeling like, fuck, I just want to just do something. And sometimes that can lead to good things or bad things. Who yeah. knows? You know, like. But I was like, fuck it. I'm out. Yeah. And just did it. So like I got hired in November and moved here in February. That's how quick the turnaround was. No, you once you told me, I remember when you texted me saying, like, yeah. yo, I'm thinking about moving to Dallas. I was like, oh shit, that'll be dope. And then like I remember not thinking about it for a little while, then not too long later, I was like, Oh shit, he's actually moving. Yeah, like, fuck. yeah it was a super crazy turnaround. But nah, it was just like boom. Then I get here. Obviously, the first two months, just like, okay, you're in a new city, you're adjusting, you're adjusting. And then you hit this, like, low with work. And then we were actually, like, right now, I'm in, like, the heat of my work, like, just, like, doing, like, the actual job. No more, like, training, no more, like, like training wheels. Like, this is the consistency. Yeah. And I've hit this very, like, awkward point where I knew getting into this job, like, this isn't where I wanted to be ultimately. But it was just, like, a step into, like, the door of, like, a bunch of opportunities. So I knew at some point I was going to be like, fuck, this job sucks. But mm-hmm. I I expected that part. Like, I knew that was going to come. Like, no job You've is perfect. Seen it you know what I mean? Like, I knew, like, at first, like, there were going to be parts of the job I don't enjoy, which I was willing to deal with. Okay. It's a willing risk. Exactly. Assumed risk. Exactly. That's the exactly. legal term, right? But I've hit this, like, awkward point now where I, <laughs> like, just like the Guap Dad video, yeah. I wake up every day and have no idea where my life is going. <laughs> <laughs> I openly disrespect others. And I'm terrible with saving money. Hopefully, this is fine. And I'm addicted to sex. <laughs> you say I have a sexually attracted. I'm sexually attracted because to tacos. I eat way more chicken wings than the average person, and I also think I'm sexually attracted to tacos. <laughs> that shit was pretty fun. I can't deny. He goes, but every day, yeah, every scam, I think this is gonna be the one to get me out the game. Oh my god, <laughs> this is gonna be the one. <laughs> so for you, if you have a similar mindset to that, what do you think? To you is like that similar scan to kind of get you out of that slump. There's two, there's two trains of thought I'd battle with every day. Mm-hmm. There's one that says, you know what, this is just what life, like you got to go through things to get through something, you know what I mean? Like this is just part of it and not be process. Like, like, yeah, it's going to come and go. You're going to see, you're going to be pissed off some days, some days are going to be better than others, but you know what, it's going to pay off in the end. And there's the other part of me that's like, pull the parachute button eject and get the fuck out of here <laughs> eject abort abort those, those are the two the, that's that's my my mental state every day I feel like that's and the it, it that's, dominates my day that's like the adult and the child mind combating I think yeah oh like, that's, that's absolutely the adult to say like trust the process you gotta yeah, put in time absolutely what it have is have patience the kid lines fuck patience I'm nigga. like yo eat your, eat your dessert this. before your dinner damn it like my thing is who knows how long the earth is really going to be here? This shit could blow up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Global warming is real, oh people. God. This shit could end tomorrow. This shit getting hotter every day, damn it. <laughs> this shit could end tomorrow. <laughs> it might be done, and I'm wasting my time. Who knows? Oh, my God. Got to shoot the shot while the, while the shot can be oh, taken. While the shot can be shot. <laughs> Bro, but that's... 
I feel like that's something a lot of people talk with. I mean, how loud the voice is on either side. Yeah. That's that's probably what the differentiator is. And you see it all the time. One hundred percent. You see those people who like have families and like, okay, I have a family. I have this job that I hate, but I have a family, so I'm just I'm going to just stick it out. Or you see like me, the young person is like, I hate this job, I'm out. And there's so many different like, like you can see like, especially in a big office like I work in. There's obviously so many different ages mm-hmm. there, and you see the people in different stages in their career, and it's crazy. Like there's my, this old homie I work with, super cool dude, and I just see it on his face every day. He's like, "Yo, I am sick of this shit." He's <laughs> like, "Bro, like, nah, I feel you on that." He's like, "I am sick of this shit." But you can tell like he's got a family, he's got three kids, and he's just like, eh, "I got, I got to provide." Yeah, but then like it's survival mode at that there point. There's another lady the same age as him. Who just had a job and she was talking to me. She's like, Brian, I got two years before I retire. I got two years before I retire. I'm quitting. Fuck this bullshit. You serious? <laughs> yeah, bro. This old lady, no. she cool as hell. She's like, she goes, I didn't, she came in with me at the same time as like we trained together. She's like, Yeah, you're young, so like stick it out. But I was just doing this to work until retirement, but I'm just gonna retire early. Damn. You know what I mean? So she just said, fuck it, and she's yeah, just, she like, making so a move. Up. Little Indian lady. Hilarious. That's surprising, though, because I feel like all the people in my job, they're so stern in the job. Like, they, they understand, like... She's also rich, so she didn't really need to work. That makes sense. So <laughs> why is she there? Because she was supposed to, like, her Indian people got to work to 50, 50, whatever, or 60, whatever, to whatever her, her, whatever she's waiting on to hit. She's like, nah, I'm out. She quit, like, last week. Seriously? Yeah. Damn. I kind of fuck with that. It was, it was dope. She would always call me on the phone, like, yo, I don't know what I'm doing, but... I got a customer. You want to handle it? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so that second side of your mind, that's obviously the younger brain or like the younger part of your brain, the younger mentality of you trying to like tell yourself like take it's the chances savage. while you're young. It's thought kid in me screaming. That's I mean, but do you think that's, I think the biggest thing that I struggle with is I feel like we try to figure out what thought process is right and wrong, but that's the wrong way to think about it. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't think it's a right and wrong thing. I think it's about what's better for yourself thing and what's better for your future. Right. But I mean, there's, gonna, there's, a, there's a time in everyone's life where you hit 35 and you're like, shit. I got to get my shit right. You know, I mean, 35 is a little too late to get your shit right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, we're, it's, it's hard. It's but hard. Is it? Yes, it's very, it's very hard for people our age, especially in the world we live in with social media, we're exposed to so much. Like, we have so much more fun than people did. 10 years ago, 20 years ago at our age. You know what I mean? Like, the amount of fun we're, like, able to access super easily is insane. Yeah. I mean, like, my dad at 27 didn't do half the shit I've done at 27. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I've done a lot more earlier, too. Exactly. So, we're we're exposed to, and so they had a more, like, focused mindset, I would say, than we have. But it's going to happen at some point that people who are the same age as us when they hit a certain age and, like, they've just been having fun and have, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. But at the end of the day, is that a good thing, though? Like, because I feel like <laughs> there's, two perspectives, you know there's two perspectives I think everything comes back to an underlying principle for. So, one, there's a young mind telling you to take chances and have fun while you're young because, one, the reason why I think that's a partially right choice is because. You're young. But one, two, but also you can be married, have kids, and a steady job for the rest of your life. Yeah, a lot 25, of so we... With our lifespan, given that nothing terrible happens to us, because I don't really think that way. Like, I honestly don't think I can die anytime soon. I like, can die tomorrow. 
I don't think so. Like, I feel like I'm going to be here for a long-ass time. So, uh, I'm only a quarter of the way through my life. A meteorite could come down, like, the Ice Age and strike this bitch. That's the actual possibility. Give and me the percentages. We have, we have no real serious way of protecting ourselves from it if it were to happen, and we would all die. Give me the percentages. Don't make me very high, but it could happen. See, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I'm what's the likeliness that I'll get I'm shot? What's the likeliness saying. that I'll get cancer? What's the likeliness of all these things happening? So you kind of have to think of a long-term mindset. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? It could happen. But then also there's a good point where you try to do these things at this later of the age, then you're more likely for, you're more likely for those things to take like a deep scar in your like long, long yeah, span of life. Yeah, that's true. That's you know? point. Yeah. If you try to do some fuck shit when you're 25, it doesn't affect you as much as if you did it when you're 19. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. I feel, well, you know what does fuck you later in life, though? The financial. I saw a tweet and it's so relatable. All the dumb shit you did financially, like as like a twenty to twenty five year old, that just comes to bite you back in the ass now. Big time, big time. I mean, some of the shit I've wasted money on. Jesus and Christ! You definitely did more than me because you go out a lot more than I do. Yeah, but like fuck. But like, so how? Do, all right, think of it. All right, so we can think of it as like a with a futuristic focus, with a present focus, and those two are the combative factors. So in the moment. Do you really feel like you get genuine value out of the things that you do? Like, if you're spending money youngly. Yeah, I mean, memories are priceless. Right. I'm sorry. Like, sort of like memories, like certain memories I have where, like, I probably spent way too much money doing some of my friends are absolutely priceless. Mm-hmm. What, about taking, what about taking a chance on something that you really wanted at the moment? So, moving to Dallas. I'm not sure if that's something you really wanted or not, but, like, obviously it took a little toll financially. Yeah. Take a little mental toll. But do you think that's something that, in the moment, do you kind of enjoy taking that chance or does it give you some type of like I mean, I think personal it's hard value to say right now because i'm still in the moment yeah and it's early yeah like i've been here for what seven months six months what, what month is it october you came in february it's october so yeah I've been that's here for nine months eight nine you came in february 10 minus one february is two before. yeah i got here february 1st oh you got here february 1st yes oh my bad <laughs> 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 I got here February 1st, so. Okay, respect. Yeah. But, okay. So it is a little too soon. When do you think is an adequate time to say, like, to you know, reassess? When I moved here, I was talking to our boy Josh. Shout out Josh Penny. Uh, I was like, yo, he's like, yo, how long do you think your shit's going to give? I was like, I said six months. And I thought, six, six months is really a short amount of time. It's nothing at all. I think before I really know if this was, like, the right decision for me, probably be like, Almost a year and a half, at I least. I treat it the same way I treat school or college. So if college you go, is different, though. No, but but the you're but 18, by you're out of high school. It's so you're weird. not even. You didn't even let me say the point. So by your sophomore year, you have a, you have two years of work put in. You have two years to find friends, two years to get your studies or whatever you're pursuing, and you have two years to actually put in work and develop something. I ain't put in no work for my. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, by that time, you, that's an accurate amount of time to be like, okay, party, party, should I party. stay or should I leave? Let's all get wasted. That was me my first two years of college. But do you understand the point I'm trying I to make? So do you have two years to really say like, okay, I put in work in six months? Those you can't kind of d- d- you can't really develop anything in six months. Yeah, in a year. So I feel like that's not adequate enough time to really make a decision. You see yeah. what I'm saying? If you try to cop out of something within six months, it's like, it's did like, you really did even you try? Really, did you really try? Yeah. Because the first couple months is what? Really getting acclimated. You it's go out adjusted. way too it's much. Different. Like, it's still so different. You yeah. don't really know people, so you're taking a lot of shots in the dark. Yeah. Then the second half of that year, you're 
do you start knowing people? So you start going out with people a little too much, still building relationships. But then when, what point do you think, would you say is an accurate amount of time to say, okay, this is working or this isn't? Like a year and a half, two years. Like right, right around the time you said, yeah, right. about a so, year and a half, two years. I call that the sophomore slump year. Sophomore slump? Yeah. Sophomore slump's a real thing. It's definitely a real thing. But obviously, it's happening sooner for you. I don't think I've hit a slump, per se. I think I've just hit more of a, like a, a crossroads. Yeah. That's a good way to put slump. it. It's a slump because you start really thinking about that crossroads. You get yeah. consumed by that crossroads. But that, is that a slump? Or is that just like, oh, I'm thinking about a lot more things? I think here's what you're contemplating in your mind whenever you're at a sophomore slump. Not you particularly, but everybody within those two-year frame. You start debating, okay, what I've been doing the last year and a half, two years, is this working? Should I continue on it? Yes. Or is this the time to really switch? Or is this the time to abandon ship and change And do gears? something else. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the trigger. I think that's the fork in the road that people contemplate with. You know what I mean? Right. That's what I think two years is accurate. But I feel like that's something that always happens every two and years. And it's different for everybody, which, which is the right answer. Too. Yeah, it really is a different thing. Like, because I'm about to start scamming. Uh, like, you know, scamming? Stealing, <laughs> stealing credit cards. Uh, Who are you? Going on the dark Kodak? web. Going on the dark web and doing that whole thing. You know what I mean? Uh, more wine. So, uh, you need more wine? There's more wine. Here you go. Here. Bitch, your cup is half full. I'm saying I'm about to drink one, but you gave me the bottle, so of course I'm gonna drink it. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna start scamming like people. So, okay, what do you? So you said like you kind of in this weird situation where you kind of wondering if this is the right move or whatever. What do you think is motivating that outside of work? Is it only work that's making you think, think that? it's the right move? No, that's making you contemplate like. Fuck! Like, should I keep doing this shit? Or there's a number, you, there's a number of factors. Kind of in this like depressive state. Like, what's the other factors? Factor number one. You did not give me a good recommendation as to where to live. That's fact number one. I'm going to rebuttal in a second, so just keep talking. <laughs> just keep talking. Right, I said, awesome. Hey, is this place a good place to be? Like, he said, yeah, it's close to your job. And didn't mention I would be far away from anything remotely fun. First off, why would you think? Did you even look at a map? No, I didn't. Because so you gonna... live here. You should like, hey, yes. We should look at X, Y, and Z places. I told you. I told you it's far from the city. No, you didn't. But you said, now nah, I want to be close to work. I'm like, all right, bet. This is close to work. You didn't uh, give me any other factors. The second thing, because I'm just going to ignore Austin's ridiculous point just there. Okay, because you're making no sense. Because you could be like, you, you could have been like, hey, you're close to work, but you're going to be miserable because you're away from everything. I didn't know you were going to be miserable because I, I live down the street from where you did. You know me. I'm, I'm a social Kind of. Kind of, but you're not. I'm a social butterfly. I got to spread my wings and fly. More like a fucking flea. Goddamn. Flea's got wings too, and they fly. All right? You feel like a tick. You just jump. <laughs> Second thing. Second I have the thing. worst friend group in America. My friends back home text me and tell me every day. Move back, you bitch. <laughs> need to move back. Move back, that bitch. That does not help. And like, bro, like what? It is, it is so bad. So FOMO was a big part of that. F- FOMO was, was a big part. It started being a big part about a month ago. They they wore they wore me down, but they wore me down. They they just kept beating on me. Okay. So because at first it wasn't at all. I was like fuck you guys. Like I'm I'm good. Yeah. But it's every day. So what about it though? I just miss all like um I, our friend group is so like tight knit and we all work together. Mm-hmm. And me and Eric went to the gym every day. I saw Fred every like we all like I was with these people eighteen hours out of my day every day essentially. 
So it's a daily routine that you feel like you're missing out on, like yes. the little things, things yes. day to day. I was like literally like out of like seven or eight of my good friends, I was with them. How many hours in a week? I don't know. Twenty four hours in a day. Uh, twenty four times. Twenty four hours in a day. We go daily. At Not least sixteen hours of my day every day was spent with one of my best friends. That sounds like a very healthy life. Oh, it's awesome. That's why it sucks leaving. But okay, so at least sixteen hours of my day was spent with one of my best friends. Okay, so what? All right, I have a really kind of is relevant question. So instead of moving cities and finding a whole new job, like outside of where your best friends are, why not try to look for something in the city? I did, but I couldn't find anything. Just wasn't anything out there. What happened? That's got to. I wonder how many people go through that. They find jobs in their own city. Yeah. Like, is that really complicated? Like, I don't know. I think it all depends what you're looking for, too. Because, oh, what were you looking also for? Also, wasn't looking very hard. You really? Honest with myself. Is that the trap you were saying before about working a job that's like high cash flow? Yeah. Like, I just wouldn't. So I wouldn't it's not necessary to. Like, I was looking. I definitely was like looking. Like, there'd be days where I like go apply for like ten jobs, and, be, and then I'd wait like a month again before I was follow up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wasn't really. I was looking for a job, but I wasn't really looking for a job. You know what I mean? So, the friend aspect is obviously a big point. Do you think? Those, I think you and Ailey are going through something similar in the fact that y'all made two good, not too good, like that's a bad thing, but great friendships in Tampa. And I feel like subconsciously you don't think that well, you can replicate that. Me and Ailey that. don't know anyone here. Like, we know you. But do y'all make an effort? Because I know Ailey doesn't. I definitely don't. But here's the thing, though. I feel like the reason she doesn't make an effort is because you made such good friends in Tampa that like, you don't... I don't fucking make any more friends. No, like, you feel like, I don't need that anymore. Or you just feel like you can't, repl- you can't replicate that. And I think another part of it is uh, we work in jobs that don't... Uh, like, there's not like, oh, let's go out and have a drink with my coworkers. They don't support social... Yeah. I feel no, like... I think I can go have a beer with my boss. My boss is cool as so. fuck. Yeah. I think, so is it, it, I think if he wasn't my boss and it wasn't such a corporate environment I worked in, me and him would be great friends. Yeah. Like we'd go out and have a beer and go watch some football. Together. So what's your environment at State Farm like? It's super corporate. It's, I mean, it's a fucking one of the, it's a Fortune 500 huge ass company. It's corporate. But then, but then again, like my friend Jose, he worked there and he said it was ratchet. Oh, it's ratchet as hell. Ratchet and corporate don't go together, bro. Yes, it does. Uh, how? It's, it's ratchet because corporate places can't just fire people because they're so corporate. So the ratchetness gets away because it take it, you have to do a lot to get fired. Okay. Which is why the ratchetness can get away. Like people can get away with it. Okay. Does it depend on the apartment you work in? No, it's just because it's it, it's really hard to get fired. It's probably really hard to manage five hundred thousand people too. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, there's no dress code. At all. <laughs> I mean, there is. It's like super cap. Like you can wear jeans and a t-shirt and flip flops and. Flip-flops are a no, people do it anyway. But, like, bro, I swear I walked in one day and the chick had on a pink velour, like, jumpsuit. And I said, oh, my God. Cameron? You're lying. It's more ratchet than Cameron. You're lying. The pink velour. I'd wear that out. Like, talk about with the pink. Fuck. Bro, that's kind of swaggy. I think I need to bring that back. (laughs) Let's switch gears. What about you, man? What's up with you? I feel talking about me and all my woes. And you're interviewing me. Let's let's change it up. Okay, here I'm you, actually. Austin? What's going on in Austin Reddick's life? I'm gonna actually meet you at the point that you left off on. So 
this slump that you went through, I feel like I've been through it already. Why? Because, because I'm gonna just let me just. I want to say why because you're from here, so you have a lot of support here, which I think is what something me and I lack. A hundred percent. And that's, but it does happen even if you have support, but continue. But no, so I'm going to dive into where that actually happened because it wasn't here. Oh, you got to keep in mind, I lived in another country for a year. That's right. That's right. You lived in England for how long? For 11 months. 11 months. 11 months. What was that 11 months like? So for me, I kind of had a similar mindset, which I think is a big connecting point for a lot of 20-somethings. You have a desire to get outside of or really test your abilities to live alone or yeah. test your abilities on your Get away own. from your family. Get away from friends. everything you know and see if I can thrive. Yeah. That's the baseline. I want to go live in Europe. I want to go to another state and get a job somewhere else. That's always a desire for a 20-something. And when you get there, one of the things that you forget is, or you don't realize is as important as you thought it was, was the relationships that you built. Yeah. So for Absolutely. me, well, not that I'm saying I wish I wasn't with Ailey, but the one of the biggest mistakes I made was going out there with a the significant other and doing long distance. Because it's tough. It's tough, but it also and ruins. And it's not even, you're not doing normal. You're doing across the world long distance. Exactly. I had four hour window span to ever talk to her on, yeah. like, in the daytime and nighttime. But the big, the worst thing about it is you, you don't enjoy, you don't get the full, fullness out of that experience mm-hmm. because you're, compl- the whole time you're worried about what she might think about it or will she yeah. approve of that or I can't make friends with them because she or I got to get back to talk to Ailey. I can't go out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you, you can't fully enjoy so it. much you have to like. So that was a big part of that for me. But then also you, I feel like everyone really underestimates the friends that you create or the relationships you create in wherever city you, you oh, are. yeah, absolutely. So when you move somewhere far away, those things start to disintegrate and then you realize how hard that was to create those relationships from a blanket. Yeah, it's hard to make and friends. And later in your life. I think that's also a big point. Yeah. It's harder to make friends later in your life than earlier in your life when you're going yeah. through shit together. Like, the best friends you have, I feel like, the, the friends you have mm-hmm. the rest of your life, like, you kind of already made. Exactly. You can make new friends, and every once in a while you might have one that, like, you really hit it off with, but... Right. Like, how many friends have you made late in the last two years that are up there with your best friends? Cam was probably the only one. Right. Outside of that, in like the last two, three years? Hardly none, right? Yeah, none that I would consider like super, super close friends. Yeah, because I feel like after a certain age, you expect everybody to kind of meet you or you want everybody to check off your boxes. But when you're younger, you kind of make that mutual, Yeah, you know? So for me, it was, I really enjoyed the experience, but it was really lonely. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I, I think it definitely fucked with me, but I think I used it to my advantage. I did it right. I understood it was going to be lonely, so I took advantage of that by embracing the alone time. I meditated a lot. I started journaling a lot. And I really took that time to learn. Like, I spent that time listening to a bunch of shit, reading a bunch of shit. I probably read more books in that 10-month and 11-month span than I did my entire life. Can I interject on something? Yeah. Uh, Do you think, because I struggle with this now, because I can't do this. Right. And it fucked with me. You think basketball helped? Being able to just go out there and just lose yourself playing? Actually, to be honest with you, bro, I think basketball hurt that experience. Really? And it had nothing. Well, can I take that back? It had, it did have something to do with the actual sport, but it was also the setup of the sport. I had way too high expectations of what the sport was supposed to be like with around it, like my team, like the situation, the treatment you get from overseas or being yeah. a pro athlete. But I honestly got 
this the situation, the structure was set up way better in college than it was in the pros. Okay. So the league was nice, like the players are nice, but it was just like I was taping my own ankles before games, like, yeah, and we we're like playing on courts that certain gyms we were playing on courts and they weren't even like courts; they were like a like a soccer arena and they lay down like some really? fake wood or something. You know what I mean? Like, so you had this mindset of a pro, but it really it wasn't that, you know. And then you're getting coached by people who. Honestly, you have more experience than, than really? them. And then, like, other players who, that's, they're not trying, they don't have, like, this drive to be the greatest at the sport or whatever, yeah. you know? So, there's the misalignment. at the level that you would thought it would be. The league was actually good talent, but not professionalism. Okay. And I think, and, that, and let me say this clear, though. There are teams in the league that take it very serious, and they actually are very well organized. But the club I chose to play for just yeah. wasn't yeah, that. Wasn't one of those teams. So that def- I think that hurt it more. So whenever I stepped away from that, and I actually started like engaging with people that I went to school with because I also studied out there. So when I engaged with the university and engaged with the city, and I like put yeah. my money, my money I made, and I moved into the city and out of the team house, I had a way better experience. Oh, really? Because it was more. It was way more inclusive. You meet more people at the university. It's a bunch of people in the city. Yeah. Like you meet, it's more social that way. Oh, okay. So that's whenever. So the biggest things that I tried to do while I was out there, I made, I established my baseline, like what I value, like on these experiences. And my biggest thing was a broadened perspective. That's, that's the whole true. reason why you go somewhere else to get a broader yeah, perspective. Just experience something new. Right. So that was once I realized that and I established it, I made that my focus, and that made my experience way better. So that's whenever I started learning a lot more, talking to different people. Because I'm in class, I'm an international business management major, so you meet a bunch of people from other countries and all kinds of shit, and you just don't, their thought process is just different from yours because, of course, you're just raising different social structures. So that was the biggest plus. Okay. So, but, but to say that, the biggest thing about going away from like where you know or what you're familiar with, your family, not being close at all, it's a lonely experience. But you need that to find out what's going on in your own head. Yeah. Okay. I, I do enjoy some of the alone time. Like, right. it's nice to just sit and just, and just think. Yeah. Do you like process those thoughts or do you like, cause I feel like a lot Sometimes. big thing, a big I, thing people do whenever they get alone, I think that they is, don't process it. Well, they, they, they shield it. I don't want to think about that. Or like, or they just kind of get agitated. They don't let it die. Just like accept it. Because you, know you don't want to think about the bad things. Right, right. Things are not necessarily bad, but like aren't super jolly or pot, you know? Right. You don't think about that I see it. I see it almost like a reflex. So like if you, somebody pinches you, the first thing you do is you jump. You reflex it you because know, you don't want to feel it, right? Exactly, exactly. So I see the same thing as something like in your mind. So if you start feeling different thoughts or you start seeing, like, you know what I mean? Like different yeah. things you feel, if you don't allow yourself to feel it, then those things just kind of build. You don't really they build up. They build up, and you don't ever release them. One thing, the reason I asked the basketball thing though, because one thing I miss, especially now that I, I just need to get the freaking knee surgery done, I miss, and I know you, I know you experience it too. I miss uh, just like you ever just play open gym and you just like lose mm-hmm. yourself and like. Like one of those good open gyms where you just like you just playing, right? Just having fun. It's like yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I miss that more than anything. I surprised. Well, well, technically you. Probably it's been can't it's, hoop. it's been a I've, outside of the two times I played the one time with you and then I that those I haven't played since two Junes ago. So not last June, the year before I tore my ACL in June of 2018. Shit. So I haven't played serious basketball consistently. Like not even not even just pick up or just. I've shot around, but like, yes. so you, so you, so you haven't identified another release yet. Exactly. 
That's what and it like is. And like working out does it, but working out is just like my daily. It's your daily routine. It's not really a release. Regular. It's not an event. Yeah, that's regular for me. I, I like that. So I want to dive deeper into that. What after working this break? Out? No, that release. The need for a release. Yeah, everybody needs something. Everybody, everybody should have some kind of hobby or something they do where. I believe the term is called flow, where you go into flow, where your mind just kind of almost shuts out, and you just enjoy whatever you're, whatever it is you're doing. Some people get it from public speaking. Some I get it from basketball, where you can just work or do a task, and like the time just, and you don't realize it, but it's very releasing. It's very relaxing. Like it can happen sometimes for me while I'm working out, but it usually doesn't because it's a process, or it's too consistent for you. And I love working out, but it's, it just doesn't it doesn't happen for me where I hit that flow, flow state. So I want to dive back into this idea of a flow state. You never heard that term? I've heard of it. Flow but state? I, I've heard more of the term. What you describe sounds more of active meditation for me. That's kind of... I, it's I don't similar. Really know what active meditation is per se, but that's, if I, if I could take a guess, is what flow state sounds like. That's the way you described it for me. Because it's just basically when you get into a state, when you're, do, you're doing an activity, you're doing something, whether it be public speaking, working out, Playing basketball, riding your bike, writing, writing, doing schoolwork, stuff like the, the, you get into the state. You're usually doing something you enjoy, mm-hmm. and you get into the state where you're actively doing something, but time is just like kind of irrelevant to you, like mentally, right? Just kind of just like goes. You get by. lost. You get yeah, lost. You, in you it. get lost. Like people say, they get lost in an activity or something they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're in the flow state, right? Yeah. And what would you say is something that qualifies as a flow state? Like you said, I, I so, think it can be anything. It can, but for you, like for an example, it's a, you it's said, a the person. but you said for you, but like not so much the activity, but like the qualities of a flow state. Oh, okay. you know what I'm saying? So like for you, you said working out, you love working out, but for you, it's not really a flow state activity for you here. So what, why not? A lot of times I don't get into a flow state when I'm working out. I think it's because it's some, sometimes the thought level is too high. Like when I work out, I kind of, I'm pretty deliberate in what I'm doing. Like I'm going to do x amount of sets for x amount like x amount of weight for x amount of sets x amount of reps and if i let's say i'm doing shoulder press and i couldn't get 10 reps like i planned i need to adjust like those, those things i'm consciously aware of while i'm working out i think maybe that's why i can't get into a flow state when i'm working out mm-hmm. but i mean I, I do get into flow state sometimes when i'm working out like if i'm just having like a good ass workout like the music yeah. i got the place i got going is good and my workout plan is kind of streamlined. Like, I can get into a good-ass flow state, but yeah, it's, just, I, it's harder for me to get into that state, I think, because there's more something I'm thinking about. But I think that it might just be me, like, just as yeah. a person. Right. I mean, but I'm just saying, I'm asking that because, obviously, it's different for everybody. But I feel like for a lot of people, their flow state is working out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, I was wondering, from my own understanding, what was the difference between how you work out and what other people do to work out? Like, I don't know. You know, uh, and also I've lost like like the last like two months I had zero drive to work out. Like my workouts have suffered tremendously. For really? Some Damn, you gonna be built like me soon, bro? Nah, never. Because I still go and get the work in. I just I just have <laughs> don't disrespect me now. Shitty work. I'm so much bigger than you. It's ridiculous. I've had <laughs> shitty workouts for like the last like two months. Like just awful. I don't so know what qualifies as a shitty workout? You can just tell you you know what a shitty work. That's a dumb question. You know you've worked out before and had a great workout. A shitty workout can be anything, not just lifting weights. Like, mm-hmm. you've had a great basketball workout and had a shitty basketball workout. Yeah. That's but I'm saying for you. Thing. It's the same thing. But for you, what are your – so A shitty workout to me might kick someone else's ass. 
That's what I'm saying. What I is work it out for every you? day. So it's different. You're still dancing around a question. So what's a shitty workout you for you? You want me to like say I only did the X amount of weight? Like, no, it just... So you didn't hit the weight that you wanted. That's or like just a, like the intensity level was down. It could be a number of things. Yeah. That qualify for a shitty workout. I'm asking because obviously you have some sort of expectation every single time you work out. So a shitty workout, that's like, what is what is that A shitty workout indicate? is when I have a workout and... There's really no way for me to quantify it. I guess I, I don't. No, I'm not asking to quantify it. I'm asking you to you like. You are. You are asking me to quantify it. No, not to quantify it. But I'm saying, what? What do you feel you're lacking? Is it internal? Is it external? Is like? Is it? It's both. Okay. Because you can you can tell when you're having it's a, a bad workout. Like, it's not necessarily not hitting the weight, but it's also like, okay, like you can tell when you're really locked in. Just mentally, like, locked into a workout or something you're doing. Or you can tell when, like, the weight's moving good. Like, even some days where I don't feel as strong, but, like, I'm locked in. I'm just, like, I'm I'm hitting it, you know? Mm-hmm. So would you say it's a lack of flow state? Kind of. Do you see what I'm trying to do here? Do you see I what I'm know. trying to get to? Are you would have ph- never got to that. Are you a if- philosophizer? <laughs> What movie is that from? Please I've never even heard that before. Oh, my God. Bro, I haven't seen anything. Besides, you suck. I haven't seen any movie unless Martin Lawrence is in it, bro. I'm, I, I could be wrong. I'm almost positive it's from Dodgeball. It is Dodgeball. Is it? You Dodgeball. From last yeah, I, haven't, I still haven't even seen that all the way through. You've never seen Dodgeball? All right. You don't have to yell. Now is the time. At this time, we're in the podcast. And we're going to go watch, watch Dodgeball. Dodgeball. I'm saying I've seen it, but not all the way through. Yeah, we're watching Dodgeball after this. But like I was saying, like you see the things I'm trying to identify. So like a lack of flow state. So you want to find, you want to have that release or that flow state in your workouts. Yeah, absolutely, because those are the best workouts. Do you seek that in everything you do? Or is workout like your therapy? You want workouts to be your therapy. That's why you seek it. I don't seek workouts for therapy, even though it is a form of therapy. Like, I do get angry out sometimes on workouts. But sometimes, like, if something's on my mind, like, it can take away from my workout because I'm distracted. But, like, the majority of me working, the reason I kind of fell in love with working out is for very vain reasons. Just to get swollen, fuck women. I don't want to put it like that. <laughs> Not those words. Like, but you, I've, you've seen pictures of me younger. I used to be kind of fat as a kid. Yeah. A, I don't want to get fat. B, I want to look really good with my clothes off. For a long period of time. Till I die. <laughs> Till I die. <laughs> I'm 85. No heart, but pecks out this world. Like, yo, duh. <laughs> but no, so I asked that because for, I can't really identify what. Can we still, can, when you get to edit this episode, can you s- steal that snippet? What? <laughs> that's, that's funny to me. What? You wanna, so you just work out so you can <laughs> look at <laughs> the fuck bitches? Nah, just so I can look really, really good with my clothes off. <laughs> like, the only reason why you would look good with your clothes off is so you can fuck women, bro. That's it. That's not it. I just... I no just, one wants to look good with your clothes off for any other reason than to attract the opposite sex or whatever you're into. You know what's funny? There's a YouTube guy who made a video called uh, The Evolution of the Lifting Bro. The it's Lifting Dom Bro. Mazzetti. It's fucking oh hilarious. And this, and this is so true. Shout out to Eric, because me and Eric go through this all the time. Okay, so 
nine times out of ten, the reason guys start working out is to to get girls, right? That's like majority of people, especially like not non athletes. I think ten times out of ten, non athletes like you're working out to look better. Yes, for confidence. B is like so you can be have more confidence. Why do you want confidence so you can be more confident talking to women? Why do you want to work play sports so you can make money so you can get more women? Exactly. Every single time. Like the 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 world is revolved around sex every Uh, time. But can't convince me otherwise. He goes, he goes. You start working out. You finally get some gains. And the whole reason you start, you've got gains to get women. But the only people who notice your gains is other guys who have gains. <laughs> and he's like, but you keep getting bigger because you Yo. don't want the guys to stop noticing your gains, but you want girls to notice your, your gains. But now you're so big that no girl wants to talk to you except other girls who look like men. Right? Oh, God. It's, it's other, so funny. other swole mates. <laughs> it's so funny. Yo, but how so accurate true. is that? That's so funny, though. Bro, it's so true. Guys come to me at the gym all the freaking time. Every time? And they, like, bro, compliment, like, different bro, guys workouts. come up to me at the gym all the time. Damn, bro. That makes me feel like shit because there ain't no guy ever asked me what I do to work. Bro, all the time. <laughs> Yo, you know what's weird? I take that back. I feel like I'm in an episode of Get Out sometimes. Old white men. Oh, white men love, bro. Like, I take what, that back. One dude was like, "What did you do to get your shoulders so nice?" I'm like, "Nothing, bro. I just wor- I work out." He's like, "You're in great shape." I'm like, "Dude, am I gonna die after this? Is, this, like, is this get out?" You're literally getting sucked into the sunken place. But yeah, ma- like majority nine times out of ten, girls do not approach me in the gym. I mean, it's kind of weird, though, isn't it? It's very weird. I think that's such a weird thing. I mean, could, do you feel comfortable approaching another girl in the gym? No, because I'm I working out. I said another girl like you're a, a girl. Uh, I hate when people talk to me when I'm working out unless, like, we were friends already. Facts. Uh, B, like, I, I know girls who work out, like, who like fitness girls, like, like working out. Mm-hmm. And they hate when guys, like, most of them, majority of them hate when guys approach them in the gym. And I assume that's the case with majority of women. Yeah, like like girls only talk, like, and guys do it all the time. You see it all the yeah. time. It's like guys like go and try to shoot their shot at girls in the gym all the time. Yeah, I'm like, this is the absolute worst place to try that, in my opinion. It, but I think it works sometimes for some guys. I think it, it does. does but because they're, because they're, in their defense, there are some women who go to gyms and dress the way they do and I guess act the, the way I they do the just because they want to try to find saying. It's a social setting. But I, I, I've never shot my shot at a girl at a gym. I just don't think it's especially I'll now. Say, now, if I see if I saw a girl out who I saw at the gym, who like you could you always know when someone's looking at you. It, like if a hey, like we work at the same gym. Like I've, that's I've the done, time to I've shoot. I've done that before. That's perfect. I think that's the perfect time to shoot. It's um because like, your icebreaker is like, gone. Ninety percent on that shit. Your, your icebreaker is gone. High percentage. And she see you in the gym. She see you work like very high percentage shot every time. I'll tell you that. That's a layup. Cash money. For people who jump like me, that's a oop. But Cash money. for people who jump like you, that's but, a layup. Eh, still two points. <laughs> still two points. Uh, nah, but I forgot I lost my train of thought. I forgot. Nah, we were talking about approaching women in the gym, but that came from the gym being your flow state. Or like, I don't know where we're going at this point. I'm completely lost. Okay. So <laughs> Completely lost. No, nah, so what we were saying was the need for a flow state. Thank God you have work. a notepad. Thank God you're taking notes. Because I'm just a genius, bro. But I think a big part of having a flow state activity, whether it's um, working out, more so is because you notice when people really have like their flow state when it comes to working out, it's something very specific like CrossFit or they start competing for something. See, or, CrossFit and what I do, though, nine times out of ten when someone goes to a CrossFit class, what they're doing is already like, 
written out and they're with a group of people where you can get into it. Like when you're working out by yourself, like more like bodybuilding style workouts, which is what I do, uh-huh. it's a little harder to do that. Unless someone's giving you the workout and they're with you, telling you what to do, when to go. Like, you know what I mean? There's yeah. less thought by the person. It's like, okay, I'm going to do 10. And this person can tell me whether to go down or go up or when to go again. There's much less thought. Mm-hmm. But the two points that I'm trying to make whenever you talk about CrossFit is one is you have more so either a motivation or a goal. And that's the same thing that you have whenever you're working out. You have a goal. Yeah. You're trying to be look a certain way. You're trying to look good with your clothes off. You have a certain image in your mind of what that looks like. One is a goal. Two is a community built, built around that. That's true. So one thing that I think is different with that for you now than what it was in Tampa is the fact that that was physical. You had Eric, you had whoever else, Petty. Uh, whoever else was working out. Whoever else yeah. was working out with you, and they were there with you. You felt I'm their presence, you know steroids. what I'm saying? Now the only time you feel them, their presence is via Instagram. So I started on roids. That's the answer to everything. Steroids work, man. They work. Right, so, <laughs> you know what? I feel like they do. every therapist hits a point in their sessions where they're like, yo, there's no hope for this guy. Steroids work. How they do work. we get to steroids? I'm just saying, I work out so hard. I try and eat good. And what are you like? What are you missing? What I are steroids going to give you I that can't you don't yet have? Do my laundry on my abs? You never will. Steroids, I might get damn close. <laughs> if you do laundry on your abs with steroids, you achieve that. But then you don't achieve what you're Tell doing me why the abs steroids for. Are illegal. Huh? Why are steroids illegal? Because they're because what? Because, no, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. Only illegal if you're doing a performance sport. Thank you. So they're not illegal for you. So I should do steroids. It's not like I'm breaking. The, uh, am I breaking the law? I might be. You're not breaking the law, but you're breaking your body. Uh, I drink a lot. That's bad for my body too. So let's just pad on everything you do that breaks your body. That's Here's called depression. The, Here's the thing: we're all dying, anyways. Whether no, you drink or not. I'm going to live longer than Everyone's you. Everyone's got an expiration date, all right? <laughs> Yours is like mine, yesterday. And, and mine gets expedited a little bit. It gets expedited a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell you not going to tell you not to. That's all I'm going to walk you. into the next podcast swole. And your testicles are not going to be swole. Yeah, but it doesn't affect your dick size. What girl cares about really about your testicles? <laughs> what do you mean, bro? Do you ever want to have kids? It might make your dick look bigger. Your kids are going to have like a lopsided testicles. head. And like one ass I cheek. don't think steroids would affect your ability to produce testosterone. If they're fucking with your testicles, with that means they're yeah, fucking. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing I've ever said. Because that's exactly what steroids do. Because you're fucking stupid. Because <laughs> you're literally stupid. You know what I get comments about to this day? And I hope, I, I'm going to ask you this now and give you a chance to uh, take back what you said. Remember you said that dumbass Hitler comment? Did you ever let 3? me explain it? Yes. And everyone I've talked to about it goes, Austin sounds fucking insane. Did y'all ever <laughs> let me explain it? See, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to try to explain it. Kid's going to keep I'm, cutting I'm, me off. I'm going to shut and up. He's going to keep. I'm going to stop talking. Because you react emotionally. That's a cop out, bro. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. Bro, that Hitler comment you made <laughs> was insane. You didn't even let me explain it. You still don't let me explain it. Explain it. Go. go. Okay. So what I was trying to say with the Hitler comment is, one... <laughs> I'm sorry. Because what were we talking about? I have no idea. We were talking about that. We were talking about the reason how... 
or the nature of how I don't feel like I'm wrong for anything I think about. Yeah, and you were saying Hitler wasn't wrong. That's no, what you were saying. You were saying Hitler wasn't see what, wrong. What did I tell y'all? I told y'all. I spoke it into I, I already spoke it. Okay, go. I said how I don't feel like I'm wrong for any thought that I think because a thought is a thought. And the only time it becomes wrong is whenever you put it into action. What's your thought process? That's the question I always ask. Like, what, do you, what thought? You're not going to be able to, if you're not able to express a thought, then it actually becomes, that resistance turns into obsession. No, you're not allowed to speak. Not allowed to speak. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I just my hand, by the way. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So, what I was saying was, was Hitler wrong for his actions? Absolutely. There's never a justification for trying to completely wipe out a race of people. I don't think that's what we were saying, though. But What I'm saying is, where did that start? Had to start. So you can't tell me Hitler woke up one day and was like, yo, fuck all Jews, let's kill them all. And then 100 million people were like, yeah, let's do it. No. It had to start with an ideal. It had to start with something that everybody can co- could, could collide around and manifest that ideal, whatever that was. And then he motivated them. How did any dictatorship or cult start? It started from a powerful leader manifesting some type of ideal that they felt they believed in. What was that ideal based on? is what I was saying. What was his thought process? Those thoughts were probably a little more organic than his actions, is what I was saying. The actions definitely didn't come out right. That's all I was saying. You see what I'm saying now? Now you can speak. Okay. I agree with what you're saying about the actions things. That's not what we were arguing. You were saying the thought is not wrong. I was saying, what was he thinking? No, that's not what you were saying, though. On the that's episode, exactly what I said. You were saying his, his thought can't be wrong because it's his thought. And my thing was... That doesn't could, make any sense. You can have an incorrect thought. Just because you, something is your thought doesn't mean it's not incorrect. Am but, I wrong? Wait, all right, repeat that one more time. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean your thought is incorrect. Explain it more. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's not wrong. If I think one plus one is seven... It's still my thought, but it's still an incorrect thought. That's not a... Th- that's what you like said? You're completely missing like, the point I'm trying I to make. I what you're trying to say, but no, you, what I'm trying to say. Obviously, you don't. You're trying to say because it, it, came from, it came from an ideology that he believed was right in his head. And I get that. He believed it was right. So how can you tell someone okay. what they believe is right or wrong? And I understand what you're trying to say, but... If you're going to look at it from that perspective, my ideology that 7 plus 7 isn't 14 isn't wrong because it's not wrong because I say it's not wrong. Like that's, a, that's a horrible way to think about the world. If that was the case, the world would be fucking horrible. Okay, so you're literally taking ideology and applying it to a, like math, a fucking that, science. That, I, I am. That, that's, that's unfair for me to do that. It's a horrible only, example. That's so only, that's why I can't understand what you're trying to say. That's the only way I can put, I can like, Okay, here. so I'm going to give you a better... I, I, what I'm saying is definitely taking it to a different extreme, like taking it out of its context. But that's the only way I can logically apply it. And that makes no sense because that logic makes no correlation to the other logic. But th- th- this logic that all Jews should be killed, and put, that logic makes no sense either. That, that's why I said something that extreme as mathematics, which you can like, you know... Okay, so here I'm going to give you another ideal to compare it to. So... You live, we both live in, in America, right? Mm-hmm. Where we obviously have a history of oppression or like a government that oppressed like people that don't, aren't white, right? Mm-hmm. So over these times, 
over these time periods, we've been so-and-so systematically institutionalized by a government. So at any point, we could have all, all got together and been like, yo, this doesn't stand for, we shouldn't stand for this, we should all revolt against this, all right? And we need to create some type of revolution to the point where we get, we can either be equal or we can actually get back, uh, we can actually like live equally or free in our own country, right? Yeah. So there's definitely, there's two forms of that, a civil rights movement. So there's Martin Luther King, who said we should do that with nonviolent protests. There's Malcolm X, who said by any means necessary. I'm not saying either one was right, I'm not saying either one was wrong. But one mindset obviously had more potential to manifest into violent action and to re-oppress or to oppress the, swing the, the pendulum the other way, is what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying now? I get what you're saying. And I don't know the situation completely. I can't tell you the details of it, but I know that Hitler's idea, the Nazi party, was founded on a revolution on the current government. So they were trying to, they were trying to overturn a government that wasn't benefiting them. But and then was, it manifested into violent action. He was majority just trying to just kill a bunch of people, though. That was like... That's know. what I'm saying. But what was the basis of that? Well, I'm saying, what was, the, what was the way he was able to congregate 100,000 people for a party? Uh, the same way people were like, those people don't like me, let's put those people in chains. The same thing. What did you just say? Those people don't look like me. Let's put those people in chains. But where did that come from? All right, so why would they want to put somebody that don't look like them in chains? I don't know. People are crazy. See, that's what I'm saying. You're not, you're not trying to get to the, the nucleus of the, of the thought process. Because the nucleus is insanity. The nucleus is craziness. Oh, the nucleus my is, God, is, bro. The nucleus of it is, a, is one of three reasons why any revolution or any government structure or organization is formed. This year. To protect... To preserve or to resist? No. Those are the only one. three reasons. There's a fourth one. What? You forgot the one where to put yourself in a better situation, like to benefit from. Protect. Preserve. No, you're not protecting anything. You're not preserving anything. You're, you're, saying, protect, you, you're saying by doing this, I gain something from it. I gain 100%. Money, that's preserve. Wealth. You preserve okay. your own resources. Okay, preserve then. You preserve well, resources that you have control resources. over. That doesn't fall into any of that. What, what resources do they the steal? Stealing of resources. I'm not. I'm switching this from the Hitler side to like the slavery side. It wasn't a, a, a note of, of preserving anything. They were just trying to acquire resources that weren't already theirs. What about that? Because that's. I mean, obviously, what resources uh, were they trying to acquire that were already Hitler, theirs? That wasn't founded in that, but those were the same thing. Like what he says, with, with these people gone, I can gain something from it. Right. So, what resources were they trying to gain? I mean, they gained land, money, wealth. They stole a shitload of money from the Jews. What, wait, who? The Nazi which party? All right, what, party. what are you talking about? Because you keep jumping back. back. Don't say we. No, it's just you. That's both of us. It's just you. I'm kid. a little drunk, okay? I'm not, dumb. I'm not diving into this anymore because this is obviously a dead going, issue. This is going nowhere. This is obviously a dead issue because you have no nowhere, idea what you're talking you sound about. You insane. You keep, trying to, you keep trying to make it seem like I'm the insane one. You Nazi, you're the one jumping from point to point. You Nazi lover. And not making any sense. You Nazi lover. You fucking suck. I can't have any intellectual conversations you, with you. You Nazi lover. Oh, my God. <laughs> this shit is horrible, bro. Nah, man. How did we get there? How the hell did we get to Hitler again? Because you brought it up. Did I? Do you understand that you're fucking insane? Yes, we talk about this every podcast. Then why is it a question... Of why shit happens, <laughs> you know what happens. My mind's all over. My mind is all over the place, man. I know. 
Why don't you? Do you ever make an effort to like try to like collect those thoughts? Organize my thoughts every once in a while, but it usually fails. Why? I don't know. Honestly, like if it's not something I care about, I I just all over the place. It's hard for me to focus on things I don't care about. So you don't care about your thoughts, or you don't care about organizing your thoughts? I don't care about organizing my thoughts. I care about my thoughts. Mm-hmm. To what extent? Obviously, if you don't want to organize them, you don't care too much. Uh, to the extent where it d- not necessarily benefits me, but to the extent where it harm, like it, it harm, not harms is the incorrect word, but I don't organ, I organize them enough where I can function as a regular person and, you know. So, with the, so with the analogy of basketball, you're playing not to lose, not playing to win. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put my thoughts. Playing not, not to, playing not to lose, a not genius. playing to win. Maybe I need to start playing to win. That's just my problem. Got to play so, to win. Okay, so how would you start playing to win? What, what would be some steps that you would take? Step one. Steroids. That's the end of this podcast. <laughs> I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate you guys. Step one. You seen I put effort in this? You're trying to get too deep on me, man. I'm trying to just have a good time, okay? But these, this is how I have a good time. <laughs> I have a good time by having very have intimate conversations. I'm trying to have a good time. What does that mean to you? What, do you, what is a good time to you? In the words of my, one of my wise friends, Josh Petty, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. See, I don't have that mindset at all. Think about it. Let that, no. let that sizzle in your spirit like neck bone juice. And that pisses me off because you said the same completely wrong. <laughs> That's not what he says. (laughs) Let it sizzle on your spirit. That's one. Like neck bone juice. Let it marinate. Neck bone juice. There's two different sayings. I put them together. (laughs) Bro, you suck. I put them together, baby. (laughs) Let it sizzle your spirit like neck bone juice. What the fuck? But we had an hour and 12. Oh, that's pretty good. That went by fast. Yo, we say this after every podcast. It goes by so fast. It really does. You don't realize how, how fast, how short amount of time, especially when you're doing something fun like this, an hour flies by. You know when you talk about a flow state? For me, this is what This is, is the flow state for me. It, it really flies is. by. It really is. Or just talking, having actual like conversations that go down rabbit holes. And yeah. Those yeah. are my flow states. You ever end up on like YouTube in a rabbit hole or Wikipedia in a rabbit hole? That's fun. I, I don't. I thoroughly enjoy doing it. I don't like Wait, doing I take it because that back. it's a waste of time. I take that back. I do. But I thoroughly enjoy doing that yeah. shit because you end up on some random shit. Like, yeah. I really, but it's always like subject matter. I'm weirdly, I'm weirdly like obsessed with like learning or like investigating shit. Like, I like, I like, like I don't like what consuming. like specific topics or just like like learning like well, a skill. I've always like been a big psych- I've always been a big psychology nut. So like anything that has to do anything with the brain or like sociology or way people behave, I'm obsessed with it. Like I want to find out why people do shit. The ones that get me. That I really get deep in, like rabbit holes, like Wikipedia, YouTube, uh, interviews. I love interviews with, like, yeah. especially interesting people. Like, I like watch a bunch of random interviews, with, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, or yeah. or like particular people. Um, animals, like nature, biology, like global, like global stuff. I end up in deep rabbit really? holes. I love shit like that. It's because the world is fucking fascinating. Like it the is. ocean. Like I've ended up in like rabbit holes about a specific fish species, yeah, for no reason. Just like stuff Just like random stuff like that. Just like, well, this fish related to this, and he only resides in these, but they travel here for 
this yeah. time, like stuff like that, like I end up in all the time. Yeah. One of the things I really get out of watching interviews, though, because I do watch a lot of interviews, I like. I have to like so if anybody is famous for like singing or acting or whatever, I like to see their like personality manifesting like their body language, mm-hmm. what they talk about, how fast they talk. Like those, the, it always comes back to psychology. I but, hate bad interviews. Have you noticed that? Have you like? But what constitutes a bad interview for you? You can just. It all depends on who the interview, the person who's giving the interview, and like the yeah. the, the, the setting they're in. Like that's what I was going to say. I hate when I watch because you know who's really a really good person to. Who's just an interesting person who I would love to just sit and have a drink with? Who? Jamie Foxx. Bro, he from Terrell, Texas, bro. That's yeah, 15 no. minutes from where my house is. Yo, Jamie Foxx is one of the most interesting people because A. And his hairline been, is very interesting, too. He's been around forever. Bro, he really has, bro, since. He's been, he's been popular for a very the long Jamie time. Jamie Foxx show was in early 2000. He can sing. He can act. And he has a lot of connections with a lot of different people in a lot of different circles in Hollywood. So comedian? he sees and knows a lot of people. He might have been the first triple threat I was exposed I mean, he to. was a comedian before anything, right? Yeah, comedian, He's actor, singer. singer. Uh, but, like, hearing him talk about, like, telling stories and experiences he's dealt with and things like that is, is pretty interesting. He's an interesting yeah. dude. So here, see, I want to find out what's different between, like, the, the content we consume and why. So... We both like looking at interviews. So if you watch an interview with Jamie Foxx, like what things are you looking for? Like, do you just like hearing them tell stories? Do I like, like stories. I'm a big. I love a good story. Just the shit he says. I love so. Anyone can tell a good story. It's like such like a beautiful thing. I love hearing good stories. I love, I love telling good stories personally as well too. Do you ever listen to people tell stories and try to take things that they do to be a better storyteller? What do you mean? So like, whenever I watch people that are good storytellers or people that are good speakers. I always try to watch the things that they do when they oh, talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, what, what about how, how they told it makes it a good story? Exactly. From physical to just straight verbal. Well, I think when telling a good story, A, that has to be a good story. Like, you can't tell a story about you eating an apple. You know what I mean? Like I disagree. I feel like it's all, everything is how it's presented to you. I mean, I think that's the majority. Yes, that's a large part. But I think the majority of a good story just has to legitimately be a good story. I still but, disagree. But there, you can make a mediocre story. A good story, good story by... That's other, what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. I think the story, a good story all depends on who's telling the story. I think Jamie Foxx is amazing at telling he stories. All, I agree. He is a phenomenal storyteller. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's always the way it's presented to you. If the storyteller is a good storyteller, then anything they tell you is going to be good enough. You know what we needed? We needed this and cameras following us through college. We have some phenomenal stories. Well, at least Bro, I do. There's so many stories that went undocumented for good reason, but and for bad. For no, for good reason because <laughs> no one should talk about some of the stories ever. <laughs> some of these things will never make the some air. of these shits. I'm taking to the grave. <laughs> maybe maybe on my deathbed, I'll, I'll tell my my son, son, take a seat and a pen, write all this down. You know, you know, the I've, story of Ryan Kid. Bro, you know what's weird. I wouldn't call it like a fantasy, but I've definitely visualized or like thought about. Because me and my dad, like we have, my dad is definitely present. You know my pops, like he's, but we have a relationship where it's, I don't know shit about him. Yeah, you told me this. Yeah, but. You don't know, you don't know like you know enough, but like not a lot. Like, you I, know, like I don't know details. Like I found out what college he went to when I was like 17. Yeah. Like that's something you should probably know about your dad before like whatever, yeah. right? But I've always had this like thing in my head where like, 
I sit down with my pops and have like a podcast like this, and he tells you think me you would open up everything. And that's the thing. I don't know if don't, he would. You think we just open up? He's to just a very like, reserved. Yeah, dude. I don't know if he'd if he'd be like willing to open up or if he just keep it kind of you know. Mm-hmm. I think that he he might be the reason why I'm so fascinated with like psychology and sociology because I'm so interested to figure out why he's so reserved or like yeah. what what about what happened to him to the point where he feels like he has to keep everything inside. Or is that just the society he grew up in, or is that just him? We've yeah. talked about it before. That's definitely the society he grew up in, 100%. Yeah, but you also know dudes his age who don't keep shit inside. Yeah, that's true. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially when it comes to emotion, that's one thing. I think yeah. majority of older black men... Older black men, that generation, that their, their emotions but, are all kinds of fucked up. Right. But you definitely know older black men, my, our dad's age, who are reserved and who are loud as fuck. Yeah. What's the difference between the two? Uh, crack. <laughs> and the first person I think of definitely crack, crack, same, same, <laughs> definitely crack. They did some, they did, some like, drugs I back, they did drugs back in the day. That's the difference. I do. Bro, you know, back my mom, in the day, our parents didn't do drugs, and those dudes did do drugs. That's know, the difference. You know, my mom told me, bro. So she had a high school sweetheart that she did it before my pops. I was the only other boyfriend. Really, it wasn't only once. Only it wasn't a pop. She probably would have kept dating that dude. Apparently, that dude was a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> like not what they were dating, but afterwards, after I'd like, have been damned if my dad was a crackhead. Crack in the eighties, you look like you used to use a crack baby. <laughs> you was taught it when you, you was little, little. and <laughs> you you grew out of it. Mike Epps is definitely a crack baby. He definitely he said he was. Oh, Stop yeah. telling me about that shit. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in the classroom with a helmet on. Put your helmet on. I ain't put no motherfucking helmet on. Know. Nah, man. This shit definitely is like the flow state, though. This shit is necessary. Bro, it goes by so fast. It's necessary, man. But nah, bro, so what's the rest of your week looking like? So what you looking forward to? The rest of this week, what I got doing? What you looking Uh, forward to? Not so much what you're doing. What are you looking forward to? What I'm looking forward to. Got to have some type of optimism. You got to force yourself to be happy, man. You're so right. You have to. Happiness is a fucking chore, man. You know what I've been doing lately, which I, I... Used to love as it like like serious passion of mine as a kid. What? I was a huge gamer as a kid, like big time. Like me really? and my brother, like were big and it, like like huge passion for video games. Uh, until you, until you my father one day threatened to throw, and I quote, "I'm gonna throw that game out the freaking window." <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of exactly like some of your pops would say too. <laughs> me and my brother, supposed to be, I think we we're supposed to be cutting the grass or something like that. And me and my brother were playing this like computer video game. He goes, y'all get down here and finish this yard? I'm going to throw out the freaking window. And, <laughs> and even my mom laughed. Like, it's, it's a running joke in our family. Oh, my God. And, uh, no, I recently got, I've been playing this video game, Borderlands, a lot lately. Is that a computer game? Or is that uh, console, PlayStation. But it's on the computer as well. But I play it on PlayStation. But uh, me, and my brother, me and my brother and his wife actually play it all together. It's multiplayer. Oh, so his wife is a gamer, too. I don't think she's as big as him, but she definitely plays games a lot. She's like, not stranger to it. Yeah, she plays games a lot, for sure. But um, we all play that, like, every night, basically. And I'm kind of getting back into it. And then that what that led to was me watching Twitch. You know what Twitch is? Yeah, so Twitch it, is huge. a lot of live streams for gamers. That's where it really lives, right? Yeah, it's huge. So I randomly watch Twitch during the day and shit like that. But I look forward to playing that during the week. Um Look forward because I'm starting to find like this random passion for gaming again that I used to have like as a kid, like which was a fun time just playing, like mm-hmm. kind of losing yourself in a video game. Yeah. Um, I took a I've taken two weeks off of pre workout, which I'm trying to do. That's the, this is the longest 
I haven't taken pre-workout probably since I was in college. Really? You just realized that you just taking too much of it? No, I just didn't feel like buying it anymore because it's fucking expensive. Is it really? Like it's so it's the the. But you the, probably use some super specific. This is a this is another conversation for another uh, yeah, we can podcast. That. But no, keep talking about the gaming thing. The I don't know markup on fitness supplements is no. reduced. If you if you realize how much it costs to make a tub of protein and how much they charge you for, you'd fucking kill yourself. It's powder. I mean, it's it, it is it's, it's a process to make, but. The markup on fitness products is insane. But we can dive into that another time. We can dive into that another time. I want to know more so about. Nah, I'm just like, it's just something I really enjoy doing. Like, So you got away from it a while, obviously. Well, in college, I didn't play as many video games just because I just too busy to play. And then, like, when I would get back in, it it's was funny, games. funny because I, I thought y'all played games way too much. I mean, we played video games a lot in college. <laughs> we only played one game, though, and that was, zombies. like, only a one mo- Yeah, Zombies is a phenomenal oh, time. God. I was like, y'all always fucking playing Oh, zombies. my God, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. But we only, like, that was a very small select. Like, bro, I, when I used, to play, I used to fucking play video games, bro, I used to play video games for hours a day, Literally. bro. That's just insane. Like man. hours. And then you had your brother to play with too. That had to be a big hours a day. You might. I, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. My brother at one point on Rock Band. It was like remember Rock Band came out. It was like Guitar Hero. Yeah. But it had all the Rock Band had all the instruments. It had right. the singer, Different drums. He was like top like five thousand in the world or something like that on drums and rock band like, so like something, something like crazy like in the thousands and that takes that takes time to put in that work I mean millions and millions of players he's like top That's like thousands insane. like he was like like not thousand but like maybe like five six thousand somewhere in that range I think That's just ridiculous which is absurd yeah is it a big like shock to you or is it fascinating you how big of an actual market that has become no at not all because just think about think about how technology's changed and how much is growing. So video games are becoming more, like, systems are becoming more and more accessible. At one point, it was like a commodity to have a nice system because they're so right. expensive. But now it's becoming more and more accessible. Kids are playing them more and more every day. Kids are more and more on the internet every day. So they're watching Twitch streamers. They're watching YouTube channel people mm-hmm. who have these video games. And that's really so, how they interact. Those are their social circles. Yeah. So, like, it's becoming bigger and bigger. Five- and six-year-olds are playing Fortnite. You know what I mean? Like, it's just insane. Like, like why being a video games is an are, example. You know, YBN Corday, like the YBN crew, they all met from Xbox Live. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? Like, it's such a millennial thing. That's cool, though. Like, but that's like, but like me and my brother, me and my brother give my dad shit all the time because we're like, you stunted our video game growth. Like, y'all could have been one of these dudes playing esports. You know who Ninja is? No. So Ninja's the biggest Fortnite player in the world. I would never known that unless so you told me. Ninja's the biggest Fortnite player in the world. He was like the the number one Twitch channel in the world at one point, but he just left Twitch to go to like another streaming platform. But he just signed a shoe deal with Adidas. You're lying. A pro video gamer signed a shoe deal with Adidas. That's a insane. couple months ago, a 14 year old won three million dollars in a Fortnite tournament. Like the number, like he. <clears throat> He became like the best player in Fortnite. I think. Wait, Ninja's, I think I saw that. Ninja's like the most viewed, but he became like number one and won like three million dollars in some like a yeah, like a tournament, right? That's just insane to me. Ninja bro. is the same. Ninja is tw- the same age as me. How do you tell? How do you convince a parent of that? Like, this is my career. This is what I want to do. I mean, back like, when I was think about back when I was fourteen, esports really wasn't a thing. Like, that's it, what I'm, it may have been just being like early stages, but like. 
They're, That's the reason why I asked. Like, does it fascinate yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think by the time we're having kids, it's going to be a legitimate thing for children. It's like, literally going to be a profession. But it, it, like again, we've had this conversation. It's going to be such a fine line. Like, are you actually? Do you just like video games, or are you actually good? You know what I mean? Do you have yeah. the actual hand-eye coordination, which is not just... I mean, you can develop hand-eye coordination, but the kids who are good at that good at video games, it's a talent. Like, gift. I'm sorry. Like, like they aren't regular. Yeah. Like, the same way LeBron isn't a regular basketball player. There's going to be the people, like, who are good at sports who, like... There's going to be a LeBron of esports one day. You okay. know what I mean? And see, that's the part that fascinates me because, to me, I, I'm obviously not a gamer. And, I've, I mean, I had a little phase when I was younger, but it was just, like, 2K and shit yeah. like that. My parents shut that shit down so fast. But... I it's so over my head to think it's crazy to think about to, but it's no, a huge to think market. That, no to think that um it's like really a talent. Like it's a I think it's I think it's a You know what I'm saying? But it's just over talent. I'm not saying that it isn't, but it's just over my head to think yeah. that way cuz I I'm not in that community. So it's hard for me to think like a LeBron equivalent like he just has a god-given talent. I think that's just, it's all it's all learned because you just it's, put so many hours it's into also it. It's also different with video games too cuz there's like basketball is basketball. Right. Gaming, there's so many different types of games. So many different types of games, mechanics within a game. How the, yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many different types of games. Yeah. Basketball, shooting right. games, uh, football games, Fortnite. But I, guess, like, but I guess what I'm getting strategy. at is... Strategy. But I guess what I'm getting at is, so if you look at LeBron and other players that play basketball, size and athleticism is obviously a differentiator. Yes. You're born with that. Some people, you have it or you don't. Like, you notice that you can't teach size. Yeah. Can't teach it. In gaming community, for that to be equivalent to that, what is that? That what you can't uh, teach? Finger dexterity, fast twitch muscle speed, reaction speed, shit, uh, eye movement. How good are your eyes? Like naturally, you know what I mean. Uh, how well you can hear? Because some games, like the headset, like uh, this is something you don't even think about. Let's like, say, like take Call of Duty for example. Mm-hmm. The dudes who play with headsets, they actually listen to like. I hear footsteps behind me. Turn and shoot some. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like it gets that serious in those things. So see, like, I did not know that. See, there's stuff like all these like little nuances. Like, like I have big hands. I can hold a con- like my hand might be too big for a controller. Might be too small for right. a controller. Like, yeah, that's got to be a thing. I noticed that when I was at work. I'm typing and like there's like these girls, like my boss and stuff. They like type so fucking fast. And I've always been jealous of it because I just look like a T Rex on hands the keyboard. Are too big, almost too. I'm big always for fucking typos and yeah, shit. Yeah, there's a bunch, but I, but, I yeah. think it might not be as like measurable as like six eight and six three, right? You know what I mean. Like right. obviously, I'm bigger, I'm taller, I can run. You know, it might better be as measurable, but little things like I was just explaining definitely come into play, especially yeah. like esports, and it's only gonna get bigger. I just saw a thing the other day. Um, I don't know how official it was, but this guy had started a, high, a the first official high school league for video games, and it was in Georgia, Washington. Or Washington D.C. Like it was in like three or four states or something like that. Shit, but it was insane. like I there was like a state championship for video mm-hmm. games. But I don't know like what game it was or how many you know what I mean or how many schools mm-hmm. it was in. But it was like a state certified state championship for. I love the fact that people could find a community in anything. Yeah, like it's a good and bad thing. But I love the fact that something that seems There's so something like for somebody. You know something I'm saying I love the fact that something that seems so introverted and so isolated actually became such a huge community of yeah. people who really just like have like minded and 
they, you probably would have never thought these people would probably never cross like, paths in their you lives. You can't make no money playing video games. Right. Nigga, yes, I can. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, actually way more than you, man, your entire yeah, life. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think that's... But like, it's going to be a common thing. Like, right. E-sport, I think, esports are here. It's a huge market and it is here. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. And it's only going to grow. And the, only, the best thing about it, though, is because you have the ability to scale so fast because you don't have to be in the same vicinity as somebody who's amazing in China or yeah. amazing, you know what I'm saying? Y'all can connect. That's the one thing that can connect multiple different people. A game, you don't have to have a language barrier, none of that shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's dope. I fuck with that. that but even though crazy. I still don't play games, I I wish I could, but I'm way too far behind now. I have I mean, like you can, none I mean, of those. You can always get into a game, bro, and just find a game you're good at and just, yeah. or, or just become like train. And work at the same thing, yeah. work, work at it. See, and that's when it comes back to it's not my flow state. I don't see myself getting you gotta, like, just, like, just like you put in your 10,000 hours in the court, you got to put your 10,000 hours on them sticks, boy. I don't put my 10,000 hours somewhere else. I'm not doing that on shit no sticks. more unless it's going to make me some bread. I mean, it'll like make me some bread. Like you said, if you get good. But I can't compete with these niggas. Like, and even then, sticks. like, there's people who have a. Like Twitch channels and YouTube streams and things like mm-hmm. that, who aren't very good at games but have like a good commentary while they play, and those yeah. channels are big. Like, right? It's weird. It's insane, man. I mean, I it's, guess it's not weird because it's it's kind of a normal thing now. But like, everybody. It's weird for Twitch. someone who grew up with it not being. Normal. Yeah, everybody's got a Twitch stream or everybody's got a YouTube channel where they yeah. play video games. Like, and it's for me when I see like kids who are. Uh, if I like on Instagram or whatever, and I see like these kids who have like so many followers, and I look at their page, I'm like, wait. These niggas is popular from gaming on Twitch and shit. Bro, like, Ninja Ninja had a stream where he did with Drake. That's just insane. He had Drake on a stream with him. So he was streaming and he's playing Fortnite. And Drake goes, If you if you win this, I donate ten thousand to whatever you want right now. Or I give you I don't know if he's donating or I said he might have said I give you ten bands right now and he Ninja won. That's just insane. That's dope. That's crazy. Like you playing a video game and Drake's like in like playing like listening and playing with you yeah that's crazy that's big time that shows really the audience that, that, shows, that shows how big it really is like that's insane who was it I forget what player it was in, uh, NFL, like, he was an NFL player and they had him mic'd up and he's like what y'all doing at the game y'all trying to play Fortnite like, think about crazy that, yeah that's just insane fucking Fortnite I don't play Fortnite though I just think the landscape has changed get into it the landscape changed so crazy where like the biggest thing you can do is create an audience like that's the most valuable thing you can yeah. do. Yeah, everybody's audience. creating an audience for whatever whatever content they're putting out. It's like everybody's on platforms now. The biggest thing you do is organize the platforms mm-hmm. around you, create some type of audience to view your platform, which is what we're trying to do here. So we highly yeah, encourage man. you to look hey, at the Kid of Crash if you podcast. Share the podcast, you know, if you want to send it to a friend. But no, man, I think. Or if you ha- if you know a winery awesome. who's looking to sponsor a podcast, don't know why I want to sponsor us, drunken. Animals. I think we could find a good winery to sponsor us. Bro, if it's a winery, I prefer y'all be specialists in Pinot Noir because that's my favorite. I love a good Pinot Noir. So, yeah. there's yeah. any, the Solani I think winery. Start, I, I think visited start you guys shooting. when I went to Napa. And I'm y'all was amazing. I hope y'all have some Pinot that what, I can come winery? It's called a Solani winery. I've never had it. Yo, so I don't really, honestly, I'm drunk. I don't care. We went to Solani winery. It was in Napa and one of the main reasons why I think that was my favorite winery because they had a daughter. So I forgot what her name is. Whatever Solani. Just she bad. was bad as fuck. <laughs> she was gorgeous, bro. She, yo, if so you ever I'm hear this, email, yo, I'm looking for you. I'm going to email Solani Winery and be like, hey, we have a podcast. Uh, 
We talk about a lot of things, but we also review and talk about wine on our podcast. We love to just feel wine. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see what they say too, man. Uh, I think I'm gonna just send that email out to like a bunch of podcast a bunch of wineries and see, Literally, what, see how it goes. That's what Gary V would advise you to do. Shout out to Gary V. Bro. I might meet him soon, man. How? You keep talking about he wanna take a meeting with him because uh he's in New York now. He wants us to be there when he does. Uh, to kind of I, decipher the shit he says. Can I come? <laughs> Gary V. He seems so inspiring. He doesn't to me though. Really? I'm not. He. I fuck with him heavy, but I kind of. Yo, so there's a. I see like, through the motivation. Like social aspect. media influencers, people like that. Like, there's such a there's such a fine line between like the ones who are bullshit and the ones who are like you know. Yo, because you actually said something a while ago, and I feel like this is that kind of what you're talking about now, and you said something about how. People always are like selling like these like if you want to make money or if you want to start your own business and it's like just buy my course and you can do like you can oh, literally yeah. Google it <laughs> like uh, I, I was on Instagram I was like yeah people really people really do fall for that shit though they're like oh buy my mastermind course or I will coach you like everything you're telling that person or everything like is on the internet for free for free. What and so like how is that successful? What are you selling to these people? Because it's obviously not the subject. You're selling confidence. You're selling confidence to them. You're giving. You're them selling a, a plan. You're, you're 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 planting the seed in their brain that they couldn't plant themselves to like flip their mindset to think and do something they couldn't convince themselves to do otherwise. Real shit. I feel like you're really just selling a plan. I said that very well. You did. You did. And kudos to me. The biggest thing you can't sell with those things is accountability, though. I think that's the one thing. That's the number one thing. Because I can give you, I can give thing. you the thing that people forget. I can give you all the answers, but you still have to do the work. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. That's big facts. I feel like Coach Schmidt said that. That's no Coach Schmidt said some other. He said Coach Schmidt said Austin PP. Uh, you can freeze the balls of a tomcat. <laughs> you can. Puke the guts out of a gizzard. Dude. What do you say? You gizzard puke wagon. The, puke the guts off of a gizzard gut wagon, wagon or something uh, like that. You couldn't play dead in the Western movies, son. son. If I tell you a mosquito can pull a hitch, <laughs> you better tie it up. Leonard did well since for 30 minutes. It didn't move. Jordan Davis. <laughs> oh, oh, son, I can't use it. You don't play defense. Yo, I saw a tweet You're the other day. not athletic. You're just it was white. Like, People are outraged that this coach told a player to shut the fuck up. And I was like, yo, if they ever had a camera on Coach Schmidt, th- th- their heads would explode. You won't be- you won't- I'll tell you what. Y'all won't believe the shit. Were you on the team whenever he, like, cursed us out about, like, something? No, I think you weren't because it was, like, Pat and Mackay and all them were there. But he said, uh. He was going off on us if we lost. It's like, y'all don't care about the game. Y'all don't, you know what you do care about? And he looked at Jay to leave. Remember, our Jay was our, Jay was our trainer. And he asked her like, to leave. Like, you know what y'all care about? Went for her to leave. The door closed. He said, pussy. I wish I would have. That's all you fucking care about. <laughs> I was like, bro. <laughs> we gotta end the podcast on that oh note. <laughs> and on that note, bro. Oh Schmidt, God. I know I didn't agree with a lot of the shit you said on the court, Schmidt, but I you miss you, fucking man. Fucking funny, dude. That's a I crazy you, motherfucker. You, were quali- you were act- I think Schmidt is actually a really quality dude. Oh, he is. Great dude, horrible coach. Yo, he was, <laughs> <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro, yeah. 
So my girlfriend at the time in college was with my parents outside waiting on me. And he comes out. He goes, oh, so this is the, your girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, coach. He goes, she's going to ruin your son. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right in front of me. Right in front of her face, man. <laughs> what person says that? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Bro, he still say racist crazy. shit to Ailey. He's he like, crazy. What's your girl, Kim Lee? He used to call it Taki Teriyaki. Oh, my God, bro. God. Like, we prob- we probably should have said, like, that could. Yo, if anyone. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, it was, if it was anywhere bigger than Tampa, it would have been over. It would there. not fly. But nah, oh, God, man. That was funny. It was a good one, though. It looks like it's time. about midnight now, man. Is it midnight already? Midnight, bro. I'm tired. I gotta sleep. Sorry, bro. What you? I'm gonna go home. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I got dinner at the house already cooked. Midnight, bro. You're not gonna be able to sleep. I'm, what do you mean I'm not gonna be able to sleep? I'm fucking with you. I don't know why the fuck I said that. I'm gonna go home and play video game. games and pass the fuck out. But nah, bro. Appreciate you coming through, though. I'm glad. What do you mean, appreciate me coming through? This is my show as well. This is our show. Nah, but you gotta you, stop doing that. I'm trying to show gratitude because you didn't have to drive all the way over here to record. Bro. You could have been like, "No, you come to me." Like, I, I will, appreciate you coming I through and us always, for us to be able to do this. You know, I will always come through for you for the pod. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Only for the pod. What if I need you for? I said for, for you. I, I led off with for you. Uh huh. But then you dot 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 for the pod and for the pod. It was. For you and what if I didn't give you a haircut? I would have still came through. Let me first say for people, first off, because kids still don't have this camera and this video. Aspect. We said episode seven. We said yeah. episode seven. But let I me got continue. One more episode. I got one more episode to get together. For the people who can't see, I continuously bless this nigga kid's fade every time he comes over. Not every and I time. think that goes underappreciated. It's not underappreciated because because I still don't get paid. I get paid like every other time. <laughs> Like every four times, it's like every other at this point. The last time, the last time like you paid me for a cut, it was summer. Like, we can, I can look at Venmo and see when I paid you. Don't, don't come on. Don't we were flex. having we were having single de Mayo drinks the last time I fucking. No, that's false. That's false. <laughs> but no, bro. I mean, it's always good talking to you. Bro. Always, man. This is a good. I like when it's just us. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's necessary. You just yeah. kind of run off of the mind. It's, you let yourself talk. Us. Gotta, you gotta express your mind, man. Do we have any uh, next guests lined up? Next guest. Do you have anybody that you want to talk to? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I can tell you one that I thought about that I really want to talk to. So there's a dude named Jonathan Jones that I knew from around the way. He has his own podcast called Speak Your Success. But he wrote a book called The Power of Process also. Ooh. Very dope dude. I know him from around the way through other hoopers. Like my mentor from Hoop and Tony Bishop was like one dude that he interviewed before. And I feel like he just got a lot of good insight. He's a motivational speaker, but he's just Ooh. an all-around dope dude. So that's Maybe. one dude I want to see if I can get on the pod. That's a good person to have. Good dude. Other than that, I think we're. I think we're. I think we're done here. Ah, right, bro. So done? rock. What's rock, rock and, and roses. roses? Cystic fibrosis foundation. Please, 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 please. If you can, just pull it up. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Donate. Do what you can. Goes to a great cause. And actually, I didn't mention this earlier. This is actually one of the few foundations that has, like, the highest percentage rate of the amount of, like, for every dollar that's donated, the percentage that goes actually into research is, like, the highest of all, like, uh, foundations. It's, it's a really good cause. It's really that's good. awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff. Have you ever, what are the things you're trying to plug, man? Uh, Rock and Roses coming up. Rock and Roses. Uh, eat Right. Uh, shout out Cam. Eat Right. Great food. Shout out Light Hops. 
Cold Cheese, the stop, homie stop Fred stuff Lewis. Stop talking, bro. It's gonna sound horrible. My apologies. Cold Cheese, the homie LightHops.com. Uh, Definitely shout our out podcast Lighthops, is posted man. on their website. They also have the flyest streetwear in the game. Uh, Save animals, eat humans, man. You know what I'm saying? The motto. Uh, also, athletic knowledge. Young Rudy Jean, Gerald. Uh, Tampa Bay basketball, just, you know, training. With also uh, half of that duo being Texas Originals. Shout out, Gerald. I never met you, but I heard you from Dallas, so I fuck with you. from Dallas, yes. You know what I'm saying? Rudy, who was always an OG to me, bro. OG, OG, triple OG. My nigga, Rudy. My man gave me three natural lights in the dorm room one day. I was drunk. Freshman year, that was funny. Y'all definitely doing y'all thing with the athletic knowledge, bro. Keep it up. Keep holding Tampa down, teaching these kids how to hoop. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Some some real hoopers in the game. There's a lot of fraud trainers out there. Definitely, People just not looking out for the kids' best interest, and I know my dogs, Rudy and Gerald, are. Um, You got anything else? Uh, Shout out, hey. I am a big music head. If you ever need some tunes to listen to, follow me on Apple Music. That's Crash Radio. You know what I'm saying? I got the groovy tunes for your rise to work. When you're beating your meat, all kinds of stuff, you know? I got nothing like that to plug, but um, I'm thinking about creating, like, a dating profile on one of these, like, websites, you know, so I can find a date. So, shout out to all the women in whatever area code kid is in. He is single. He is light-skinned. He is swole. Ooh, baby. Look but, good without my clothes on, too. But he's but he's kind of insane. I'm insane. talking about O.J. Simpson insane. Very it's narcissistic. Fine. It's fine. But a lovable it's guy. Fine. Quality dude, though. Definitely should at least have a drink with him. Very narcissistic, but lovable. I don't know about lovable part, but he, he's, he's all right. You know? Yeah, all right. I'm all right. I, yeah. I do my best. But no, but nonetheless, we appreciate anybody and everybody who listens. Especially if you made it this far. If you made it this far, <laughs> then you a real one. And Facts. Next time you see, if you ever see us, let me know and I will buy you a drink. If you made it this far, let me know. I will buy you I a drink. I'll you $2 to sell a guy. I can, I can take you to dinner because I'm doing a little bit better than he is. But, <laughs> 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 but at the end of the day, man, appreciate everybody. Thank His you, name God. is Kid. His name is Crash. And this is the Kid and Crash Podcast. Thank y'all. Love you.